You are about to listen to a sermon from Common Ground Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. We hope to see you in person. For more information, visit commongroundcma.org. Great to be with you guys today. Um, I'm, I'm super thankful for the opportunity to to preach and to bring the word. Um, something I really enjoy doing. Um, uh, Nick kind of ruined my introduction. I was just going to talk about all about Canvas Ventures, so now I have to think about something else. Um, so we'll see how I do on the fly. No, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, so so uh, my wife Sarah and I and our two girls, Aaliyah and Ruel, um, we moved here in, in May uh, to Rapid City from Powell, Wyoming, uh, which is really close to Yellowstone. And uh, I just want to share with you guys, um, I'm here today, the rest of my family is not, because I am grossly unprepared for winters here. Um, I thought that I knew how to drive in snow and everything, and I've been living in Powell, and there's lots of snow there. Um, but we don't have hills. So, like, I could drive around my Buick, and it was a little bit slippery, but it was okay there, and I just thought, yeah, this is easy. And then uh, last night we were going home, um, and it was really snowy, and I was like, oh, man, I don't know about tomorrow. Like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So um, I, I actually left them at home this, today <laughs> for fear that I would get, like, halfway there and then need somebody to come and, and pick us up. So uh, they're not here, but if you've, you've probably seen us. Um, we, we usually hang out in the back because that's where the coffee is, and they have a four-month-old, and so we need that. Um, and Leah likes to, to draw and play with crayons and stuff, so we're usually back there. Sometimes we're over here. It uh, just depends on, on where we're at. Um, but yeah, we came to start uh, Campus Ventures. That's been super fun. If you're not plugged in with the campus ministry already, um, love to talk to you about that and let's see what that looks like. Uh, we meet every week uh, on Tuesdays, so uh, you can probably fit that into your schedule. Uh, we're going to be looking at Matthew 10 today, so, so as I kind of introduce the topic, you guys can go ahead and turn uh, to Matthew 10. Um, I, I kind of wanted to, to hear some feedback from you guys first, so um, before we kind of dive into anything, would you like turn to your neighbor, and I hope this makes sense, I want you to, to talk to your neighbor about um, when you see two people who are like pretty obviously in a relationship like romantically, like they, they, they definitely are interested in each other, um, but they don't call it like that their boyfriend and girlfriend or that they're dating. What are some like alternatives? Like what do people say? What do people call that? Um, so I think there's an array. So go ahead and maybe talk about that with each other. Um, maybe some of you are in this room and you are in that kind of a relationship. It'd be super fun. Talk to each other about that. Um, and I'll come back in a few minutes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Some things. Tell me, tell me some some titles, right? Go for it. Shut them out. Hoarding. Hoarding. Courting. Courting. Okay, I was like, what? Okay, yeah, yeah. Courting. That's a little old school, but I like it. What else? A thing. A thing. Wow. Yeah. Can't get much more vague than that, right? What else? Hanging out. Hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's complicated. A thought. Okay. Confused. Sure. <laughs> what? Confused? Yeah. Just friends. Just friends, right. Yeah. That's an interesting one, right? I can read a lot of different things. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I heard some more over here. Significant other. Significant other, yeah. You went with annoying. <laughs> I 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in the Philippines, we call that MU, which stands for Mutual Understanding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, yeah. Cool. Now, those are great. Um, and so I think, so everybody had something to say about that, right? Everybody has something to contribute to that. We've all heard these kind of terms before, um, where it's like very obvious to everybody else around that something is going on there, but we use these like vague and nebulous terms to, to describe it. I love that, a thing, right? Or just hanging out. I'm like, what does that even mean? Um, and it ultimately comes down to annoying, right? This is, this is frustrating. Um, but, but we see that kind of thing happen all the time. I, I think that our, our, our culture is sort of inundated with that kind of thing, right? Um, the other day, uh, actually just this last week, I was, I was kind of preparing for the message. I was listening to um, some music on, on YouTube at home. And I listened to this, uh, it's like a channel called The Good Christian Music Blog. It's got some pretty good stuff on there. Some stuff is like not great. Uh, but this song came on. I'd never heard it before. And um, I thought it was part of the, the channel. It turns out it was an ad. Um, but it was a music video. Like that's what the ad was, and so it was a song. I think I think it was by Whitney Wars. It's a like a newer song. It's called "Love Me Not." Anybody heard of it? I don't know. I don't know if it's a popular song. It just came on my YouTube. Okay, so this song, uh, pretty like typical, pretty standard uh, song about relationships. I'll say for today. Um, but it's super interesting, and I, I started listening to the lyrics, and I'm like, this is really fascinating. So the bulk of the song, like the verses, she's talking about how much she wants to be like the center of this guy's attention. She's like, I want you to be late to work because you were hanging out with me. I want to be hanging out with you all day long. Um, I want, I want you to own my heartbeat, right? Like that's pretty. That sounds pretty serious, you know. Um, but then you get to the chorus, and she says, I don't care if you love me or not. Um, and then she goes on to say, um, we don't have to label what we've got. We can play connect the dots. Yeah, we can, we can stay cool. We can do what we do. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. And 
I'm just like, man, that is like the epitome of, of, of ambiguity, right? Like, everything about that just says, like, there's absolutely no commitment. But everything that she's craving, everything that she's asking for, absolutely requires commitment. And, and I think that's kind of, kind of uh, like a good picture of, of where we stand. We, like, we want that. We want somebody to commit to us. And, and we even want to kind of commit to somebody or to things. You know, think about, like, the new year coming up. And what do we do? We make resolutions. Because there's something really exciting about saying, like, I'm going to do something this year. I'm going to do something with my life. And then a few weeks later, you don't. But, but you say you want to. There's something really attractive about, about like, committing to something. There's really something attractive about somebody committing to you. But then, then you also kind of want to have that, like, freedom, right? And I think, I think what that is is this kind of, it's this kind of ambiguous peace that comes about. That, that maybe you've experienced before. I feel like if you're around my age and you've been to middle school, then you've probably experienced this in some kind of relationship uh, where you didn't want to define things because if you ask too many questions or you, you try to push a little bit too hard, they might reject you and say, well, I'm actually not really that interested in you. Um, or maybe they're really interested and you're just not. You just want to have some fun. So you don't want to get too far into things. You don't want to define things. You're a little bit freaked out that they're going to want too much and then, and then you want out. So there's this like this uncomfortable sort of faux peace that happens with that, where everything is kind of like no conflict, um, but it's also just it kind of eats you alive inside. You're like, I have no idea what's going to happen with this tomorrow, but it sort of feels good, so I'm going to let it happen right now. And I, I feel like we're just we're just kind of inundated with that, right? So we're going to look at what Scripture has to say about that today. We're going to look about uh, what, what Jesus has to say about about some of those things. So we're going through this this series right called um, Meaty Faith. Talk about the incarnation leading up to uh, uh, the Advent season when, when Jesus comes, when God comes as a man. Um, which uh, this, I, I love this. I love this idea of like meaty faith. It, it kind of makes me think of. Did anybody play Star Wars: Knights of the Republic? Might be like geeking out, but there's like my students and stuff, so I feel like I'm kind of safe. Uh, there's a, there's a there's a droid in that game, uh, like this robot. His name is HK47. And he was programmed to be, like, really rude. And so he calls all humans meatbags. And so, unfortunately, now every time I hear of, like, meaty faith, I just think, I just think of us as, like, meatbags. Like, like, God became a meatbag. And then, I don't know. It's, it's like, help me stick with it a little bit, but I, I don't know how I feel about it. But anyways, you know, that's, that's what it looks like, right? Incarnation. Incarnate. God came into flesh. He became a man. Um, which is just, it's just, it's incredible. Reflect on that for a few seconds. Like, wow, God, God, you know, like we ask that question all the time. What would you rather be if you could be any animal? We're like, oh, I want to be a bird because I want to fly. Or, I want to be uh, chameleons. So I can be invisible. And it's like, God said, I want to be a human. I want to be, I want to be one of you to, 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 to save you, to, to, to be with you. That, that blows my mind. That's crazy. Um, so we're going to look at one of these statements, one of these statements that he says. Um, and it's, it's coming from uh, Matthew 10, um, 34 is kind of where we're going to start. Uh, and so you'll see in your bulletin there uh, one phrase, okay? Um, we're going to talk about a few different things, but this is, this is kind of like where I think we, we need to ultimately land. This is where I think it, it all comes down to. So if you've got your bulletin, um, you, you'll see that written down. And I, just, I kind of want you just to write it again. Sometimes we see it and we're like, oh, it's written for me. You don't really learn that way. So, so write it down. Uh, it, Jesus' decisions create divisive positions. Okay? It, maybe it's a tongue twister if you say it too many times. I haven't tried. But 
Jesus' decisions create divisive positions. And uh, to me, that kind of makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable, right? And, and we're going to get into this verse now that, that makes me feel um, really uncomfortable. In fact, when, when Pastor Brian asked me to preach about this verse, um, I was super excited to do it. Because I said, I have no idea what Jesus means when, when he said this verse. And I, I want to know. Because it, it freaks me out a little bit. It makes me a little bit scared. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, just some context here. Chapter 10. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's giving them authority. He's telling them to go out and do these things. Um, and he's telling them kind of what's going to happen. Some of the repercussions of following him. What's going to happen with people following uh, them, following him. And uh, how they're, how they're going to be treated. And so we get to... Uh, to, to verse 34, and he makes the statement about why he came. He says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And that's a little unsettling to me, and, and kind of confusing. I'm like, well, Jesus, but like later you say that you, you, you came so that, so that we could have rest, and that, that, to me, like peace and rest kind of go together. And, and I thought that, like, you know, the, the God of peace will, will guard my heart. And, like, well, where's that in here? What, is, what does that look like? And, and in, in case that's not enough, you know, he goes on. He, he quotes um, Micah 7, 6. He says, For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies Probably those of his own household. And it's like, whoa, Jesus, slow down. Like, that's, this is too much. That's kind of scary. I don't want to be at war with my kids. I don't want to be at war with my, my, my parents or my in-laws. Like, it sounds kind of, kind of freaky. And, and he keeps going, as if that's not enough. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so this is this is super challenging. It's, it seems at least somewhat clear that we've we've just got to be really devoted. We've got to be really committed, right? And so I think this this ultimately flies in the face of of that cultural thing that we all feel, where we kind of want that freedom of of non-commitment, but the idea of commitment. We kind of like the idea of being in a relationship where we get everything that we want out of it, but we can leave it at any time. We kind of like the idea of having like three job opportunities come up, and, and you just wait it out until the very best one comes up, and then you, that's the one you get, and you go with it. We like the idea of having a faith that says... I can trust Jesus as long as it makes me feel good and it, and it works together with the things that I think about God. But as soon as somebody pushes against me or says that I can't do it or makes fun of me for it or, or fill in the blank, I want the freedom to say I'm out. Or I just want to compromise. I want it to be kind of, kind of endless, right? But I think what Jesus is talking about here is, is decisions made for him. That's, that's what Jesus' decisions are, right? Jesus' decisions they make divisive positions. That they put you in a place where you, where you reside with Jesus and it's automatically a dividing line. It's really important to go, I think it's always really important to know what Jesus is talking about, to go back to whatever he's, he's quoting or referencing. So he's, he's talking about Micah 7.6. He quotes it directly. He says, this is why I've come. 
And so I went back to Micah 7. It's like, okay, it's going to show me. It's going to show me why he came, right? And so I get there, and the whole chapter is, is all about how everybody just sucks. Like nobody's doing the right thing at all. And, and God is saying, it's what's happening. They're, they're betraying each other. Uh, they, they can't trust each other. Um, don't trust your best friend. Don't trust your spouse. Don't even trust your, your husband or your wife. Because everybody's evil. Nobody's following me. They're, they're not trustworthy. And then Jesus says, I came to, to make that happen. I'm just like, what? Why? That doesn't sound good, but it's, it's not so much... I think sometimes we can take that and think like, okay, this means that I get to go on Facebook and just argue with everybody all the time, right? Like, this is my license to just be super bullheaded and, and really, like, uh, conflicting with everybody that I disagree with. Um, I'm going to go out and pick some fights, because Jesus said I, he came to bring a sword and not peace, so I'm going to disrupt the peace. I'm going to bring out the sword, right? And I, I don't think that's so much what, what Jesus is saying. I don't think this is so much like an active antagonistic. You're going out and, and destroying the peace and bringing on the sword. I think what he's saying is, when you side with me, when you're serious about me, by default, people aren't about you anymore. And it's going to cause conflict. You don't have to look for it. It's just going to be there. When you follow me, when you're serious about it, this is what it's going to look like. This is what's going to happen. It's not going to be peace. It's going to be a sword. And it's going to be people close to you. People who it's going to hurt for you to, to, to deny. And so I think we come to this and we think, I think of, I think of the times just in my life when, I, when I've just fallen into this. It's super convicting for me. I was like, wow, I, I cannot count how many times I've been in a conversation with somebody and they've mentioned something about the Bible um, in a disrespectful way or just an untrue way uh, or something about Jesus. And I, I just, maybe I didn't like outwardly agree or maybe at worst I said like, sure, but definitely I would say something neutral like, hmm. Because I don't want to like mess up the relationship, right? I think like somehow it's okay for us. It's okay for them to tell me their opinion, <laughs> but not for me. That might, oof, that might cause some problems here. I can't tell you how many times I did that. That's not a Jesus decision, right? A Jesus decision makes it clear that you follow and trust Him. That's how you know what a Jesus decision is, right? So the opposite of the Jesus decision is something that muddies that up a little bit. When you give a, a half answer like, oh, yeah, yeah. sure, you can believe that. I believe this. And I think that Jesus is making it clear that we, we just can't live there. That's not really an option that he's given us. Based on what he's quoting, he's saying, like, you're going to find out who you are, and you're going to find out who people are when you stand with me. You're either going to find that you won't do it, or you're going to find that you will, and that other people are going to not like it. But the nice thing about it is, is it's the real freedom. You know, talk about that, that other peace that he's coming to destroy, that kind of faux peace, the fake peace. Um, he's, he's getting rid of that. He's giving you real peace, which says, I know where I stand. And I know that where I stand is, is solid. He talks about it a little bit later. I, I didn't get to this point, but I think it's important to go on because he's, he's getting pretty heavy and he's getting pretty serious and he's saying this is a big deal. But then he goes on. It's, not, it's just not just for nothing. 
It's not just for the sake of, of being made fun of or being persecuted or being hurt. He says you get something out of this, right? What are the rewards? So if we go into verse 40, he says this. He says, whoever receives you receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he's a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he's a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he's a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So this, this, is so, this is so awesome to me. Because this reward that he's talking about is not just for me. It's not just for you. It is for you, and it is for me, but it's not just for you, and not just for me. So you think about, what does a prophet do? What does it mean to have a prophet's reward? Prophets just hear from God, they hear God's word, and then they tell the people what it says. You want to boil that down really easy? It's truth, right? When you follow Jesus, um, you get access to the truth. We get to read it every day. We get to expose ourselves to it. We get to know it. And so we get to be um, like a prophet in that we get to hear from God and then we get to go share with people. And we have the truth. And then when people receive us because of that and they believe it, they get it too. And then they share it and then those people believe it and they receive it and they get it too. And it, just, it, can, it can just go on exponentially, right? The same thing for a righteous person and a righteous person's reward. I struggled with that at first. I was like, what? But, but I'm not righteous. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just said a righteous person. Whose righteousness do I have? If you're following Jesus, you have His righteousness. It's not your righteousness that goes out and, and people receive that. It's Jesus' righteousness. He came to save us. He came to live this, this perfect life that we won't, that we wouldn't. And, and then He took the punishment for, for our sin. When we trampled on God's covenant. He, he didn't. He fulfilled it. And then he, he died. He took the punishment that we deserve. And He rose again. He conquered death. And then He gives it to us. He's like, here is my righteousness. Here it is. You can have it. We receive that. We get His righteousness. We share with somebody else. They receive us. They receive Jesus. They get His righteousness. It's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> That's the best. So this, this kind of thing is like, it's, it doesn't have to just be about, it doesn't have to stop with me. It doesn't have to stop with you. It gets to be about tons and tons of other people. And, and the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus says when we stand with Him, it just makes it clear. People are either going to be with it or against it. Nobody has the opportunity to be wishy-washy, right? And if they do, it's because they haven't read enough of the red letters. If people think that Jesus was just preaching like, be nice, they haven't read this. <laughs> you have, or at least maybe today for the first time you're hearing it. Go and look. Check it out. See, it, see if what I'm saying has any merit. So we can look at this, and, and so the whole thing, the whole setup at the beginning was how annoying is nebulousness and vagueness, right? So what do we do with this, right? Because that answer could be really vague. I could say, well, you need to distrust Jesus, right? Oh, thanks, but what does that mean, right? Um, I'm going to give you two things that I think are really practical, really doable, and, and you know what? You've probably heard both of them many times, but hopefully explaining why will help you understand why it's good to do it. So the first one, super simple, um, pray, talk to God. We, we just finished going through the Psalms. That's, that's all that is. David 
and the psalmist writing to God, talking to him, singing to him, being mad at him, being mad at the situation, thanking him. That, that's, that's it. That's what it looks like. It's just as natural as, as you and I having a conversation. Just talk to God. Go home today and carve out like 10 minutes. Sit down with maybe a journal or whatever. Put in like earplugs, not your phones. Don't play music. Put in earplugs so you can't hear anything but your own heartbeat and your thoughts. Okay? If you need some, I have like 50 in my bag, so I'll, I'll give them to you. They're not used, so don't worry. That's gross. That's how you get pancake fever, I bet. That's the time. But sit down. Get alone with God and, and talk to Him. God, um, I, I want to be with you. Or maybe, God, for some reason, I don't, I don't want to stand with you. I feel really weird about this. I feel, I feel like I, I really want that comfortable ambiguity. I want the peace that you've come in to destroy. Could you help me not want that? Could you show me somewhere in my life where maybe it's something I've been saying or something that I've been not saying or something that I'm doing or something that I'm not doing? Would you show me specifically what it is that, 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 that I'm doing or not doing that... That promotes or, or shows people that that, uh, that I'm following you. Help me to be clear about it. Help me to make uh, Jesus decisions, things that make it clear that I trust and follow you, not things that muddy it up. Um, show me something specifically, and then I think he'll show you. Maybe he already has, and <laughs> you can just talk to him about it. That happens to me a lot. My like, God, just show me what I need to do. And he's like, Yeah, I did that three weeks ago. <clears throat> You still haven't done it. Like, Can you show me something else, though? Like that, that one's hard. And so maybe he's doing that. So, so take care of it. Do that. Do the thing he's asking you to do. All right? that, that's one thing you can do. Um, I, I'd say that's the first thing you can do. The first thing you should do is have that, have that relationship. Talk to him. Ask him about it. And the second thing is, is getting your Bibles. Just get in the Word. Because guess what? The, the message I'm telling you today, if, you, if I had preached it to myself, if I was sitting right there, I probably actually would have been sitting like up there. <laughs> I wouldn't be here. Um, but if I was sitting right there and I heard this message, um, I, I would be the guy that says, no, I think that Jesus is, like, I think you're just misunderstanding the verse. So that's not really what he means by coming to destroy peace or, or whatever. I think that I would have had some pushback to that. And I would have said, like, you know, God, God, like Jesus is all about peace and he's all about not hurting people's feelings he's all about just a gooey form of love that's not like real substance um, and then I started actually reading <laughs> the things that he said and I was like oh man this is not the Jesus that I made in my head this is a different Jesus this is the real Jesus so let's just start reading the gospels read Matthew um, carve out some time to read like one chapter two chapters Three chapters. I don't care. Start reading it. Start reading the red letters. Start reading what what it is that Jesus said. What did he tell people? What did he say? What did he really say? Not just what do you think he said or what do you badly remember him saying. Like, what did he really say? <coughs> read Matthew, and then read Mark, and then read Luke, and then read John. And when you're done, start all over again. And just keep on reading the Gospels. Flood your mind with Jesus' words. Like, read them over and over and over and over again. Because the more familiar you are with this... Um, one, it will help you when somebody says something about Jesus or about Scripture and they get it wrong. You can with confidence be like, ah, I think you actually have it. You're, you're off there. Like, this is actually what it says. I feel like nine times out of ten when somebody has a problem with the Bible, it's because I misunderstand what it actually says. 
And then you can show them. You're like, actually, I just read this this morning. It says this instead. And you show them what it means. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then you know who Jesus is. They'll challenge you every single day. They'll say stuff that just makes you want to scream. <laughs> Jesus, could you say something different? Could you mean something different by that? That would be really, really helpful to me. But when you when you surround yourself with it, when you flood yourself with it, it just it just gets harder and harder to to live in that that in between zone. It gets harder and harder to live in that ambiguous zone because Jesus is not ambiguous. He's very clear. So those are my those are my applications. That's it. Super simple. Pray, read your Bible. You can all say, "I knew that," but are you doing it? Real knowledge isn't what you think you know, it's what you've done and it's changed you. That's that's real, like experiential knowledge. And, and this is this is for me, <laughs> too. So do that. And then and then think about what it would look like if if every single person in this room did that. Think about what that would do, right? Think about your your family. Um whether it's with your parents or with your kids or with your cousins who just came over to Thanksgiving and had all sorts of crazy political ideas and spiritual ideas and business ideas that you just thought were dumb. Think about how that would change those kind of conversations. Think about your relationship with your coworkers or or your boss or your employees or your peers and the conversations that you guys have and how that that would change things. You knew the things that Jesus said really well. Think about what to do with, with your friends. Think about what it would do with the guy who walks up and asks you for, for $3 on the street. How cool it would be if, if everybody was like really doing this. What, what would this church look like? What would your family look like? What would your friend group look like? What would your life look like if it were different? You've got to believe that it's going to be different because if you think that it's not going to be different or it's not going to be worth it, then you're not going to do this. But if we, if we believe what Jesus says, if we believe that if we stand with Him, it's going to produce this divisive position, not, not antagonistic, but by default, divisive, because we're standing with Him. And He stands for some things. Some really specific things that are really important. It would look incredible. I, I think it also look really hard. I think our church would, would be a bit more persecuted than it is. People might lose their jobs a little bit more. People might... Uh, lose some friends. They might uh, have family disown them a little more. Maybe. That's what I see in other countries anyways. So so let's pray. Let, let's kind of wrap it up. Let's pray for that. Um, and if you want to talk about this more, please get a hold of, of me or, or Pastor Brian or Nick or, or, or one of the elders. Um, there's a coffee shop upstairs where you can go and talk about it. And that would be, that'd be super. Jesus, thank you so much for, for your word. Thank you for, for making it very clear. Um, thank you that it makes us uncomfortable sometimes and that, that we, we don't like it. Um, thank you that we can be honest, that we don't like it, and that that's just where we're at with some of these things. Thank you for being so clear about your rewards, that, that you're not just desiring all these things arbitrarily. You don't just desire us to do these things so that we will 
get hurt or that we will um, be miserable. Uh, you desire these things because they're good for us. When we stand with you decisively, when we make Jesus' decisions and find ourselves in these divisive positions, divisiveness isn't bad. <clears throat> it's just clear. That we would experience the reward, the prophet's reward, the righteous man's reward. You're, you, you're the, the one who has truth. You're the one who has our righteousness. You are our reward. May we be just unashamed and bold to go out and share that, to, to know it so well that we can just share it with people. That they can receive that too. That, that we can know where we stand with people. That we won't just live in that, that comfortable ambiguity, but we would live in that divisive position. But we'd stand with you. Pray that you would you would empower our minds. Bring 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 yourself to our mind. Help us to think about you. Help us to, to, to speak to you and to talk to you, to get time alone with you. And encourage us as we as we get into the word and we see the things that you say, the things that give us life, and the things that really make us uncomfortable, and the things that just make us excited and encouraged. May we maybe rest there. Get rid of that, that junk that, that is that ambiguous piece, Lord. Give us, give us the real thing. Give us the, the true thing. Help us to understand what it means that, that you came to bring the sword and not, not peace. And that's good news, ultimately, for us. But we do these, these things not, not, for, um, not for ourselves, necessarily, though it's the better, better thing to do, um, but that we'd ultimately do them for you. We did them for your glory, for your kingdom, uh, for your name's sake. We pray these things and let them all out to you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. Please join us again at Common Ground Church.